Hello. Hi. That's ghost sounds. That's a ghost. That's like a cheeky ghost sound. <laughs> she's kind of like she was kind of a she was kind of a cat. She's waving life. a handkerchief. You. <laughs> Pulling up her yeah. little ghost skirt to reveal no leg. Yeah. <laughs> uh. <laughs> hey, big spender. Yeah, it's kind of like that. <laughs> One of my favorite gags or part in Pee Wee's Big Adventure is when Pee Wee is wearing that outfit, um, which is like a little like blue woolly 60s cardigan and a handkerchief and is a woman and is like yeah. doing that kind of move. And yeah, it's so funny. It's like a la Bugs Bunny. Like, it, you're, yes, you're in, it is very Bugs Bunny. You're yeah. never not going to get a laugh out of me. So and it feels respectful uh, and a respectful sort of, you know. Uh, yeah, it's fine. I love it. That's my gender, you know? That's my gender. Is <laughs> What's his real name? Paul Rubens. Paul Rubens. Um, hi, everyone, and welcome to FOH. I'm Lillian Devane. I'm Kelly Sullivan. And it's a service industry podcast. Period. Period. End of sentence. And this month is Halloween. That's so true, Kelly. It is absolutely Halloween season. I am not feeling it here um, in Oregon. It is hot and there are wildfires everywhere. So I guess it's scary and it sucks outside. It is scary for an sure. existential sort of like best yeah. of luck comma world um, yeah. instead of like Dracula. Right. There's no Draculas, but there are wildfires. Yeah, that's it's uh it's a trade off sure. <laughs> It's a trade off, I would say. <laughs> yeah, so but that's fine. I mean look, we're all adults. We can't, you know can't get into the holiday spirit every year. That's true. Yeah. I feel like in New York, like randomly at the end of September like all of my neighbors decorated for Halloween, everyone was getting very much in the holiday spirit. And then it's kind of like we've hit like a lull. Like mm. almost there's a, I don't know if it's because uh, something's happening in baseball or like what, like I just feel like people's energies got diverted. Like maybe it was just, it was too early to decorate for Halloween in September or, but now it is kind of like mid October, I would say. And I'm not feeling the Halloween spirit at all. Whereas, but I felt it in September. We can, let's blame the Mets. Right, exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I would love to. I, <laughs> and I frequently do blame the Mets, honestly. Um, yeah, I don't know, maybe people got distracted. You know, it's all the, the early onset and then you kind of forget, you know. Right. But anyways. Um, Set it and forget it. Halloween style. your little Halloween style. Um, do you, uh, what should we do now? Service stories? How are you? Hey, how are you? Yeah, yeah. Do you have a service story? I don't, have cool a, I don't have a service story, but I do have a story. Yeah, I would love a story. Um, and I haven't really, I haven't, this isn't a practice story. Not that I, like, rehearse for you all, listeners, but typically. I with, do. Typically. Kelly, Kelly needs to. She goes into the bathroom right before we record and says it a couple right times. Right before we record. And I, I kind of try to anticipate. I'm like, cream cheese is nasty, Lillian. 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. That kind of thing. But um, no, typically <laughs> when I've told a story on the podcast, I've told it to somebody else because I'm like, this is crazy. But um, this was so crazy that and too personal that if I told it to any of my kind of new friends, they might be like uncomfortable. Oh, totally. Or like it's too much. Anyways, it's perfect though for you all listeners who know me as a person. Um, but basically I was like, hey, maybe I'll try for the second time in the last like four months to get a therapist because it could be fine. I don't know. Never really had much luck with them, to be honest, but it's on my health insurance, so I might as well try. I was on a waiting list. Um, I got this older woman who's kind of my, it's my ideal to kind of have like an older crystals kind of woman right now. More of a mentor. (laughs) Yeah. More of a peer, you know. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Exactly. No, but I was like, this will be kind of like the healing thing I need or whatever the fuck. So anyways... I go into the office and immediately my stomach dropped because A, it smelled like a thrift store, which is a not a, a scent I'm not unfamiliar with nor uncomfortable with, but when out of context or rather in the context of a therapist's office, very unsettling. I would not like that. Right? You're like, I would not like that. Wait, what in here is making this smell like a thrift store exactly? It's you know? also like, yeah, like I know what a deep fryer smells like. Do I want to walk into a therapist's office and smell fryer oil? Mm, on a good day. Okay, but then also there is um, inexplicably some kind of like pop music piped in from like a some kind of speaker. It wasn't even like a off, doctor's office, like normal speaker system where you might be playing some sort of, I don't know, jazz or something. Truly from like a Bluetooth speaker in the room, in the <laughs> waiting room. She just had Ariana Grande like, radio. I'm sure it was somebody normal, but I just don't know what anybody sounds like, so I can't tell you what it is. But I was like, okay, it's very fucking weird. Then I, I agree, though, like, just you saying jazz. Like, lyrics in the therapist's office, I think, have no place. I totally agree. And it was very, very much a lyric-centric song. Mm-hmm. So anyways, and one I couldn't identify, which makes it somehow sinister almost. It's like out of a movie or something, you know? Anyways, so I get into her office and it's like completely insane in there, which I was like, this is a red flag. And then she, oh my God, Kelly, I'm not, I can't even get into every detail of this because it's actually so fucked, fucked up. (laughs) Okay. Which A, I sit down and I notice immediately facing me, very close to me on the coffee table, is a copy of a book she's written that looks to be a novel, and it just has a giant truck on the cover. I (laughs) would be really hesitant to receive therapy from anyone who writes fiction. Right? I would say. Something about that, I don't think... It's bad for people to write fiction, but something about a therapist who writes fiction is really dark. Also, on the waiver I had to sign or whatever it is, like the permission, it was like, I do acknowledge like, I, I do acknowledge that my therapist writes a blog that I might I was like, oh no, 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 no. Do you feature your patients? And like I was like, okay, this is Oh my god, Lillian, that is I haven't even gotten so to the scary. crazy part, okay. part yet. The part, and I'll skip a few things, but basically she My starts, jaw's on the floor, I will she, say that. Dude. She starts asking me 
like what I assume is a series of questions you have to ask for like an insurance thing where you have to like fake diagnose somebody with like you have whatever major depression yeah exactly whatever Kelly she gets out a book that's basically like a pocket DSMV or whatever the fuck the fucking diagnostic Mm-hmm. She's asking me these questions from a printed list in front of her and flipping through the book as I give her my answers to, like, look up what I have. Mm-mm. I was like, okay, doesn't give me a ton of confidence in this process, but... Maybe she's a little rusty on a white woman who has anxiety. I don't know. Maybe she doesn't come across that every day in fucking a college town in Oregon. Jesus Christ. Anyways, then she goes, at some point, she goes, so did you, do you have any, like, eating? How's your appetite? I was like, oh, you know, like, whatever. It's fine, you know, like. And then I briefly was like, oh, you know, like, when I was younger, you know, had some like eating stuff, but like who didn't, who was born in the eighties, like, you know, whatever. And she was like, how much do you weigh? And I was like, uh, I don't know. And she's like, well, how tall are you? And I was like, five, eight. And then she asked me what my BMI is. And then she asked me to guess my weight and calculates my BMI in front of me on her phone. A woman she knows nothing about, I could be fucking lying to her about everything. And she's of course. asking me how also, much I weigh. Also, literally, you, I mean, I assume most therapists, when you ask a woman, do you have any eating issues, you have to assume that they're lying. When they say no, you have to assume that they're lying. And then I had to Venmo her because I was like, I don't know how much my... She's like, how much is your copay? I was like, I don't know, because I've never done this before, and I don't know how much my copay is for this, because usually the person at the office tells me how much my copay is. That's how a doctor's office works. And then she said, I said, maybe it's $10, and then she had me Venmo her $10. Oh, my God. So anyways, I left and I said, Thank you so much for seeing me, Erica, but I don't think it's a good match. It's not a good match. It's not a good therapeutic match. Anyways, I don't know if that's a good story for this podcast, but it is just a crazy thing that happened to me that I was like, is this... That's an insane thing that happened to you. And then I just had to, like, go to school. I was like, what? So, I... Two strikes, I'm done. I'm never... I can't... I can't believe people try to go... The chances of finding a therapist. Maybe she's hoping to trigger a relapse into like, you know what I mean? Like she's like, well, probably like lots of women have had eating disorders. I'll trigger a relapse. I'll get more business. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe she's like, she's, you know, low on cash. Right. <laughs> she wanted to give me the most chaotic experience possible. To see me <laughs> absolutely break down in front of her. Right. I was like, yeah. Maybe she's trying to get you to trauma bond. Like, she, you know, in the maybe. classic sense of, like, she traumatizes you and then rebuilds Maybe you. she's a genius. She might be a genius. <laughs> and you should keep seeing her. That's so insane. That's one of the most insane things I've ever heard. Also, like, there's no, I, nothing about that is correct. 
Uh, no. Nothing about that is correct. Nope. Oh, she also said, are you on medication? I said, yeah. She said, well, doctors have shown that that actually doesn't work and it stops working. And I was like, okay, so that's cool. Thanks for letting me know how you feel about something. But she was talking about Botox, right? Yeah, she was like... <laughs> Trust She's me, like, it girl. stops working after about like ten fifteen. And now your then your muscles are atrophied, and you've got a bigger <laughs> problem on your hands. <laughs> oh my god. Anyways, so yeah, I don't have a service story, but I did get fucking served a fucking hot plate <laughs> of fucking garbage. <laughs> um. Anyways, moving on. Do you have a service moving story? On. Um, I do have a service story, but I just wanted to give you one more other piece of troubling information. Oh. So are you aware that um, Tom Hanks's wife, Rita Wilson, has like um, the desire to be a singer? Mm. Sort of like we used to work for a guy whose wife had like sort of myriad like kind of fancies and he would just use his restaurants to pay for her to do whatever she wanted. Yeah. So Tom Hanks does that, but like times a million because he's Tom Hanks. Yeah. Rita Wilson wants to be a singer. So she recently released um, a covers album. And one of the covers is um, Massachusetts by the Bee Gees. Oh, my God. So I just, you should look that up later. It's just very funny. <laughs> it's just hilarious. Just a funny fact. Thanks for the heads up, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> and now no all our listeners know as well, which is very important. <laughs> Yeah, this is the viral marketing. By the way, they paid me 10K for that. They, they should. The amount of listeners that are going to run out and get that fucking, you it's know. More, it's probably a 100% increase from the people who knew before, I would say. Um, anyway, no, my I don't really have a service story per se, but just to say, like, kind of loyal listeners know, like, the restaurant I work at, I'm, I'm, I'm the bar manager, so I'm, like, technically you know, obviously on the management staff and we've had sort of like a tumultuous time with managers as restaurants often do. It's not unusual, but I am now the most senior manager besides the GM. Mm. And, um, so, and then we have two, two other like, uh, people I would consider real managers and they, often defer to me in a way that is so unnerving to me because like I just don't think I should be deferred to like almost ever but like okay. particularly in restaurants because like I mean again like loyal listeners know like my attitude is just like mm. right and like and so but just recently it came up twice like in the last week it came up twice in like sort of major ways where I was like you really have to like just except that this is like going to keep happening because like one was just that like the money was all mm -hmm. and the manager was like, so what should I do? And I was like, I mean, like I know what I would do, which is just lie, but like, don't do that. And like, <laughs> and so I was like, I don't really know where to like guide you to because like basically what had happened was like the, whoever was closing had mixed um, the drop and the tips. Mm -hmm. And so, but like legally, you're not allowed to pull from the tips to cover the drop. Yeah. And so he was like, I don't know what to do because he's like, technically all that stuff was labeled as tips, but there was zero drop tonight. So I know 
that it's both, but legally, like I'm kind of in a, I've like painted myself in a corner here. So I don't really know how to proceed. And I was like, yeah, I would just do the drop and then leave the rest for t-. like, that seems normal to me. But I, I like, obviously I understand your thing, right. but I was like, I would just do, I was like, just do the logical thing. Yeah. But it is technically illegal. So I was like, okay, technically I'm telling you to like break the law. Yeah, but. But like, whatever. And then one was that like, you know, whatever every, whatever the interval is on Sundays, they like empty all the ice from the ice machine, like every three months or something. We empty all the ice from the ice machine and clean out the ice machine. Mm -hmm. Like bleach it on the inside Mm -hmm. and stuff. So it's like, there's no mold. And one of the managers like sent me a picture from inside the ice machine. She was like, I can't reach this spot, but I can tell that there's mold in it. Mm -hmm. Like I can't physically reach it, but I was like using my flashlight to look Mm -hmm. and I saw it, but it like, I would have to be like a rubber man Mm -hmm. to get to this spot. Like, what do I do? And I was like, um, don't clean it. (laughs) Like I was like, I like, I was like, what is the option here? Like, well, you're not a rubber man. You have bones. Yeah. So don't clean it. But it's just like, it's so hard to be like, like they both want to be doing the right thing. Not just like, I think both of them are trying to override their intuition, but I'm like, you just do have to follow your intuition. But it was like, I, and I, in both cases, I was like, just ask someone else because like I'm going to give you bad advice. Yeah. These people sound dumb as fuck. What the hell? Just fucking no, they're do just right new. Thing. They're just new. I so don't know like what want. to do about something I can't reach. You don't. Re- I know. It's figure, like you can't make a, reach make it. a fucking thing that you can out of, put some thing, paper in a tongs, put the tongs in there and wipe it out. Right. Like, I'm like, can you figure it? Can you figure out a way to reach it? Okay. If not, like, guess what? If you can't reach it, you can't reach it. There's nothing to do. And also, I don't think DOH is going to like physically like kind of shift inside the ice machine and like look around. Like if it's something it's not that, that you guy from to, the like... X-Files who can like go into <laughs> <laughs> right. the air if ducts. They, as if Eugene Toombs comes in to inspect <laughs> yes. the restaurant, then... We've got We're a problem. We've, got a, We've problem. got a big problem. We're going to fail and someone's liver is going to get eaten. It's going to so, fucking suck. Is that what you want? We've are yeah, we're, it's already going to be a huge issue. I think um He's going to build his little bees nest ew. in the <laughs> upstairs. I'm so happy that you remembered his name. Um, um of course. <laughs> I just watched that episode 2 and I would never have I love the YouTube episode because it's like first season it's like so it's really good um yeah maybe all of the competent people did die during COVID because no I it's it really is something where I'm like I know it's just because you have like an earnest desire to do the right thing but I'm just like I I literally like you have sometimes you have to do the wrong sometimes two wrongs do make a right Sometimes you it's have just to... so funny to become someone that people are like, what should I do? Kelly. Yeah. It's a, it's a scary moment in one's life in it's every terrifying. girl's life. It's terrifying. I'm like, why are you asking me? Or like the thing that really sucks is that I think you and I both have personalities where we're like, yeah, I know what the fuck is going on all the time. I know what I'm doing. I'm so smart. I'm fucking the boss of this situation, the boss of this room, the boss of you. And then it's like someone's like, 
can you help me? I'm like, what, what, <laughs> why would I know the answer to that? Why are you coming to me? I don't know what to do. Yeah, no, exactly. It's also that, yes, I would rather die than ask someone for help. I'll just like do the wrong thing 100% of the time. Yeah. Like I would say it took me easily like, mm, I don't know, four months at this job to figure out how to clean the frozen machine because I wouldn't ask anybody. So I just invented a bad way of doing it. Okay, Kelly, and that's someone not just... good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I figured it out <laughs> correctly. I figured out how to do the correct thing. Well, actually, I just saw someone else doing it and I went, oh, okay. That's the trick. You take the stuff out of the machine before you put the cleaning solution in. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm RIP, you know, you being. I don't know. Not in control. The age of innocence. Yeah. Yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. R.I.P. being like an, an employee with an attitude problem. Now I'm like a manager that people are like, she's responsible. I managed to kind of do both of those roles for a while. Wouldn't recommend. It's very draining. Um, would not recommend that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, no, I hate being a, like a, you have to be a diplomatic and solid leader. Fucking gag me with a spoon. Who wants to do that? It's hard. I will say one of the, one of those new managers like watched me close with like two other servers the other day, and I was like calling a guy in the kitchen an alcoholic and like being just a brat, and so I was like, hopefully they learn their lesson about coming to me for advice. Yeah, hopefully they see you're a loose cannon. So <laughs> yeah, that's really important, I think, to establish. But to be fair, this guy is, like, I was like, that I guy is an you. alcoholic. Like, I, I was like, you. I don't know what the hell is going on. Like, Not surprising to me that a, uh, a cook a in, uh... yeah. Um, all right. I was like, I'm not saying anything everyone doesn't know, but then it turned out everyone didn't know. But I'm the bartender, so I That's see how just... many beers he takes at the end of the night. Okay, again, these people need to fucking grow some eyes and some balls, okay? I know. All right. It's like we're entitled to one shift drink. This guy's six beers deep. Yeah. It's called an addiction. <laughs> He's not getting the fucking DTs on my watch. I'll tell you that much. Mm -mm. Um, all right. Shall we? Because it's 22 minutes <laughs> yes. into the episode. <laughs> Perfect timing. Great. Perfect timing. Great. Um, okay. Well, um, as it is still October, um, we are doing another sort of vaguely... Actually, vaguely tied to the theme of this podcast and also vaguely... Very spooky, vaguely tied. Which, honestly, though, we have done more vaguely tied in our life. So, this isn't the worst. Um, but it, re it reminded me, I had a... I took a folklore, or like a vernacular religion class last year, and we did uh, a little bit of reading on this subject, and I was like, this, I think, could fit. Um, and it is, uh, unfortunately centered around a particular, uh, gentleman who sought to discover sort of how zombies are quote unquote created or, or how they actually exist in, in, um, in Haitian culture and in voodoo or whatever the fuck you say it. Vodo? Yeah, voodoo. I think it's voodoo. I think it's voodoo. I think it's voodoo. Voodoo. Well, voodoo. Yeah, it's voodoo. It's not voodoo. It's voodoo. 
Vaudeau. I don't know. You know, all my professors say all this shit in these ways, and I'm like, okay, I can't remember that, dude. Um, you're like, I'm baked as hell. Dude, wait, what'd you say? Lillian, you're in graduate school. Why are you acting <laughs> like Jeff Spicoli? Okay, right on. You're like, that's my pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I come in, like, on a skateboard eating a pizza. <laughs> I fucking wish. Um... Basically, our story starts with a gentleman by the name of, this is a tough one, again, don't speak fucking French. How would you want to guess in this guy's name? Oh, oh I'm going for it? Clavieux? Clavieux? Clavieux. Clavieux. Let's just say that's correct. Um, He's a zombie. He's a frickin' zombie. So basically, <laughs> hey, you know what? He's a basically, uh, in the story, long story short, he's a zombie, okay? A frickin' zombie. Um, no, but he he comes back to um, this village where he used to live, and he goes up to his sister, and he's like, what's up? And she's like, I'm sorry, you literally died 20 years ago. I was at your funeral. I saw you in the fucking coffin. You were buried. I'm freaking out right now. Which is actually so fucking scary. Like, sorry, that has got to be one of... That's, like, top... It's so scary. It's, like, also, like, all of these articles kind of emphasize, like, that um, there is a cultural context for zombies in Haiti. But, like, that is not... It doesn't mean that you wouldn't be like, what the fuck? No, I mean, right. Even though it is, like... A religion, it's like in their like religious, like it's still fucking no matter what. I mean, come on, we're only human, you know? Oh my god, if my brother came up to me, I died, now I'm back, da 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 da. I'd be like, take it easy, Stephen King, you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Let's I mean, it's also like, even if there is the cultural context, wouldn't you still be like, you're lying? No, of course. Like, it's like so shocking. But, anyways. He tells a story about how he, um, you know, was risen from the dead. Uh, He remembers dying. He remembers what happened. And then, like, a, you know, a a voodoo priest takes him from his... Rose him from the dead. Yeah. And then he was made to work as a slave Mm -hmm. in a farm for 20 years. And then he's, like, returning now. And he says his brother is the one who held him in bondage or like somehow was like responsible for this. Right. So there are other, and there's a few other people who have, who, you know, make this claim as well. Um, you know, and also like, and again, not like there's a lot of tricky issues around the reporting of these kind of stories, as you might imagine. Um, but, uh, this is just to say that like, also the deaths were like recorded in a hospital and like, like, on the fucking books, if that matters right. to you. If that matters to yes. you. Yes. To say, A, the deaths were recorded in the hospital, but B, to like touch on the kind of cultural context of zombification, it's been studied in a Western context or like in the sort of like first world context versus like the two world, mm-hmm. two thirds world context or however you want to like contextualize that. Like you've had American anthropologists studying voodooism and this phenomena for at least a hundred years. Yeah. 
if not longer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, yes. Basically, to sum all this up, to get to the, cut to the chase, some, and also the way they describe this guy. So there's this, um, nope. I, yeah, we'll get to it. So this, <laughs> this um, ethnobotanist named Wade Davis. Um, Canadian. Yeah, Canadian, for starters. And then um, in these various fucking, and he's at Harvard, obviously. Um, which, if you haven't been to the Harvard, like, botanical, like, the fucking glass flowers and museum, fucking amazing. It's an exquisite place. Anyways, I'm sure, like, blood money, but still beautiful. Um, I had um, pizza from a pop-up from a New Haven, Connecticut, which is Yale, yeah. uh, this weekend. It was really good. Hmm, look at that. New Haven. Was it like tavern style pizza or something? I don't know too much about New Haven style pizza. It was Sally's, I don't which know. is like a famous pizzeria there. And it was like one of those, it was a white pie with potato on it. Like oh, potato slice. Ryan Douglas thing. would know what, what, um. It was really good. Okay. All right, Connecticut. Um, but anyways, basically, you know, a couple of fucking academics get wind of this and they say, I wonder what's going on over there. And... Which, to be fair, I mean, same. Not to say you're a pencil neck for wondering what's going on over there. It piques my curiosity as well. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, look, the nerds are right on this one. They have a few wins, and this is one of them. <laughs> so, um, the you know, basically this, this graduate student gets sent over, and <laughs> in one of the articles, it's described, he's described as like, Blue-eyed and blonde-haired Wade Davis. Two of them. In two articles, he's described as blue-eyed and blonde-haired. I'm like, okay, sorry, why are we describing it? No, literally two of them, (laughs) because one, he's like, Haitians don't care the color of your skin. And I was like, they They definitely definitely, do. (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? But I also think, like, you can, like, it's not a deal-breaker to be white, but also, like, he's like, it's like, it's so fascinating that you can be like this anthropologist and actually be like empathetic enough and intelligent enough and like understanding enough to ingratiate yourself with this other society and still have this fundamental misunderstanding of like Haitians don't care about the color of your skin. It's like, uh, okay. By the way though, uh, he is not a fucking anthropologist though. If I'm, because no, I mean, I don't think he is an anthropologist by trade, but I mean... Well, I'm just saying, an anthropologist, a good anthropologist, would never do what he did in these fucking articles. Not to be, but I'm just saying. He's a fucking biologist. Biologists have no... They don't need to be talking to people or dealing with cultural... Doing cultural work, okay? This guy, his whole... They should have sent a poet. They should have sent me, is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, maybe I mean you, they can. They can. It's not preclude you. I, this is not for me to do. This work is not for me to do. <laughs> they should have sent me, but I wouldn't because I'm actually like I'm I have I'm built different. Ethics. <laughs> I'm sent culturally oh sensitive. <laughs> um, they should have sent me, but I would never do that because actually, like they should have sent. Like they should have sent me, but then I would suggest actually. But then I actually would woman. pass on that opportunity to somebody else. <laughs> Um. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna get like fucking kicked out of folklore school. Okay. I know. Um. 
Anyways, so also, may I say, you know how I feel about skeptics. You know how I feel about proof. I don't like it. I don't like any of this. I don't like being like, what is the root of this fucking magic, this like wonder, this specific, yes. like, it, it, to me, it's not interesting. That's not the interesting part of this. And I have no desire to really know. I mean, right. obviously so we would like to know. He does kind of like figure out, um, he sees several people and collects several samples of the, like the zombie powder. And he's able to kind of like break it down in, in, he says there's not consistency across like, um, the different samples that he recovers, but there are things that are in every kind of poultice, if you will. Um, a what? What is it? Poultice? Like a poultice. What like is a, that? Like a potion. A poultice? I've never heard that a word poultice. in my life. Well, I hope I'm saying. I oh, I I'll look idea. it up after we record. Okay. <laughs> no, no, hmm. truly. Thank you for teaching me something. I learn something new every um, day. Um. Anyway, he says, like, they're not consistent. Like, it's not like everyone is doing, like, and it's one part, you know, bluefish and yeah, two yeah. parts, you know, whatever. But that there are consistent elements, so he kind of, like, figures that out. He kind of figures out what he believes to be, like, so it's, like, the thing that kind of knocks you out, and then you don't really need, like, an antidote, but, like, once you're revived, you would need something to make you kind of disoriented enough to be... Yeah, Zombified. kept in this, kept in this state. Yeah. I agree in the sense that, like, I also don't care for, like, proof as such. But something that I find really interesting is, um, I forget there's, like, there is, like, an anthropological term for it. But it's, like, um, sort of, like, horizontal discovery, which is, like, sometimes... Di like societies that we like don't have proof of contact mm -hmm. will develop similar technologies on yeah. similar timelines. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And like, I think that's really fascinating. Yes. And so like the idea, like a lot, uh, I think two of the articles I read about this touched on that there's like a Japanese tradition of using this fish and like the idea of like these two societies that I don't think have had any like historical contact developing like different traditions around this fish is interesting. Yes. Yeah. Did we say what actually happens though? So no, the poison spooky. is from. <laughs> and so we're hiding it because it's a mystery. <laughs> yeah. We read this article, but we need to respect the. <laughs> It's an article you could easily Google. The Afro-Haitian culture and, and, and religion. No, um, basically there's a poison in a, uh, typically found in other animals, but found in this specific uh, puffer fish called fugu. Fugu? Fugu. Um, which is a, a delicacy in Japan. Um, and you could see it, like chefs have to be licensed to prepare it. And even then sometimes, you know, this poison is like, I don't know, it's like one of those things where it's like that it can fit on the, it's like what cops and fentanyl. Like it's actually, that's. It's cops it's, and fentanyl. <laughs> it's also, if you will remember in Charlie's Angel, in the first Charlie's Angels with Gargens, Charlie's Angels with Lucy Liu, um, Cameron Diaz and, and Drew Barrymore, there's a part where they're passing around a tray of blowfish and in the earpiece and a guy that they're like trying to like court says like, you know, one in 60 pieces is deadly. And then like in the earpiece, they're like, 
go for it because like no it's actually like you won't die and she eats it you're like whatever do you remember this scene I've never seen that movie actually yeah I know oh yeah. my god I think I was probably like that's anti-feminist or something I don't know you know Not, like literally that's what I think what that it, it's an anti-feminist that you haven't seen. Oh, I think it's anti-feminist, the movie itself, but you're no, saying that I'm anti-feminist for not it. having seen it. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. I hadn't thought about it that way. Thank that's you. for thought-provoking. Again, it is really, this is why we have these conversations. We, <laughs> we get to these certain points, you, you challenge me, we push back, and it's a really healthy dialogue. Um, <laughs> okay. <laughs> But yeah, they did say that like still a hundred people a year in Japan die from eating because like basically like the speciality in Japan is that a chef is trained to remove like most of the toxin from the puffer fish, but leave just enough that you'll experience the like tingling, um, the tingling and the numbing but obviously not die, but they said 100 people a year die That is Japan a because... wacky statistic. <laughs> Which also is like... Japanese listeners, not, is that That's true? not zero. <laughs> yeah, Jap- hey, to our dedicated <laughs> Japanese followers. 100, you guys? Is that right? There's no 100 way. is crazy in a world, like, if you live in Japan, you live in a world without gun crime. So it's like, in Japan, the like, leading cause. is way deadlier than guns on smoking cigarettes and then this i think it's is. like in japan in the last like since world war ii in japan like probably 10 times as many people have died from blowfish than guns no okay hundred times this article we're citing is from 1983 so like who knows what kind of bullshit they were up to back then with sources i mean come on <laughs> that is true we were just talking about that guy yeah, so this is all like, you know, but uh, yeah, an interesting, like everyone's worst, I mean, not ever, a common fucking nightmare. You fucking are paralyzed, but can't do any, like. This is why like the anthropological piece of it is crazy because one of the articles that I read was like, that you sent me, was like, oh, Haitian people really value their free will. So like (laughs) zombies are, it's a really big fear in Haiti because Haitian people, it's like, oh yeah, well like, whereas like in Iran, they would be fine with it. Like, what are you talking about? I mean, they probably are like clumsily trying to like draw a line to like slavery without saying it. But it's like, no, it was very obviously that. I was like, that's the most hilarious like, yeah. In this Haitian culture. people in particular, like, would hate to be made into zombies. Like, okay, sure. It's, whereas the Germans are yeah. quite open to such an experience. What the fuck? Um, so stupid. This is all so fake. Okay. Um, but anyways, an interesting, like, excursion and, like, meeting of several different... I mean, also, like, imagine you're, like, a nerd ethnobotanist, and then this is, like, your big life adventure. Like, this was the high point of this guy's life. Oh, for sure. I mean, also, um, an interesting other... A, a different side of anthropology is, like, that he wrote, like, a nonfiction novel about it and was, like, I optioned it for a movie, which I've never heard of. So it's, like the American desire to like turn everything into a cash cow slash rom-com. 
I would watch a rom-com centered around this. <laughs> oh my God, she is on a date and then like th- her date thinks she died. Right? Or, and then she, you know. Yeah, her date thinks she died and then she comes back and she says. <gasps> or it could be almost like a castaway timeline of like, she does die. Mm. He moves on. She comes back, says, I know we had a good connection. He says, but I have a girlfriend now. And she has to win him back. I like that a lot. Okay. Well, I like that let's, a lot. let's write it up. <laughs> let's write it up. <laughs> That's after the last three Lily and I plays. have thought of like a couple, <laughs> like what I think are genuinely good, like either series or screenplays. What Do you remember screen- our National Enquirer? That one? Okay, listen. The National Enquirer screenplay that we did not write but basically did. Well, it was going to be a series. It was, it was good. Okay, whatever. Pilot, script, whatever. Yeah. That is so real to me that I've watched it in my mind. Oh, I literally like, I've have already seen won that the show. Emmy for it. I was like, remember <laughs> that show that was on? No, Lillian, that's your mind show well, that you made with Kelly. Well, we need to write it. It is a great show. Dude, look, I know. I've got a lot on my plate right now, but you know what? You get the fucking... <laughs> as soon as you finish grad you are going to try to hack it in Hollywood. That's a lot. It's going to be a lot easier than what you're Welcome doing Welcome right to now. Hollywood. You've already heard these words. Oh, my God. Y'all, I had somebody say welcome to Hollywood. Somebody in L.A. on a call say welcome to Hollywood to me. And I was like, you can't actually say that to somebody when you're being a bitch. Like, it would be like if I had someone move to New York and be like, hey, I'm walking here. Yeah, but like. In a way that you're like, why are you walking that way? Yeah, if I like, I was showing a new friend around the city and was like, "Hey, I'm walking here." You only say "Welcome to Hollywood" if you've just like R-worded me, and I'm not going to get the role. Like that's when you say "Welcome to Hollywood." Yeah, that would be a "Welcome to Hollywood" mom. You know, and I, you know yeah. what, fucking one of these days, you know, if I'm lucky. <laughs> um, if you're lucky, yeah. <laughs> anyways I don't know did we do a good job on that I wanted to get more into like actual things but it's actually I think fine I think it's fine I mean it is really interesting I do think um, not to take the side of any of these articles but I do think it's really fascinating to like um, to have a cultural context for zombieism yeah because it's a real thing in Society. Well, actually, you know, the thing we left out, it's actually a huge part of the story, is that, and again, this is based off information that is old, so it may not be correct, but from my understanding is that what happens is that this is part of a sort of like totally a punitive, a system where if you break certain codes or laws or whatever, cultural norms, you get sentenced well, that's what they were saying right. is that they were like the the voodoo tribes yeah. and the voodoo sort of like um, like that much of the country has like different sort of like jurisdictions yeah. of different voodoo groups and that like it's kind of used well they likened it to like um, the death penalty in the US mm-hmm. where it's like it's fairly infrequently used, but having it as this sort of like looming threat mm-hmm. is enough to like maintain social order. 
Right. So basically, you do something fucked up. They're like, okay, we're gonna do this. You're gonna go. We know Haitians really value free will. (laughs) And if you know anything about the Haitian people, you know this. You know. But they go like they'll do fucking hard labor as a goddamn zombie, basically. Their worst nightmare. And obviously, it has fucking deep roots in you know the worst thing that's ever happened. So. Yeah. Cheers. Anyway, zombies are real, and they are walking uh, among some of us and mm-hmm. um, can come back and scare you at any time. can <laughs> come back and just give you a fright. The zombies are you and your family. The zombies are you. Um, yeah, and also, like, a lot of it was about, like, I mean, in the sort of, like, clumsy writing of the Harvard Review, but Oof. it is about, like, um, that, like you have this chauvinistic attitude of like what science is and what social order is. And it's like, it's can be completely those things exist in other societies in completely Mm -hmm. different Mm -hmm. structures than they do in ours. And it doesn't mean they don't exist. It's just like literally not the same application. Yeah. Look, I'm taking a fucking punishment and control sociology class. So I pick up what you're saying, Kelly. I pick up what you're saying. Uh, Can't wait to not be in school. Okay. Um, Well, everyone, wait, we have one new patron. We have one new patron. It is someone named N64 Jerry. Cool name. Which I have to assume is a pseudonym. No, I don't know, Kelly. That's, um, (laughs) let's not judge someone's Christian name. Um, yes, well, thank you very much. Thanks for, for joining us on this wild and crazy ride, um, N64 Jerry, and um, the best to you and yours. <laughs> Which is what I presume your mother calls you. Best to you and the little switches, or whatever they're called. Yeah, the little buttons, A and B, and stuff like that. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think that's it from us, honestly. I think that's it from us. Keep sending us your horror stories. Right. I think... We'll probably take next week off. Yeah, I'm having a tumultuous. I'm traveling, and then I have a bunch of shit to do. So we're gonna. I think we're gonna do um, a selected Halloween episode from years past. And then there's we'll a couple good ones. Then we'll be back. Yeah. Read your horror stories. So send them in. Um, there's a link on our Instagram, or if you don't understand that or can't find it, you can just email us at. <laughs> don't I don't know. Maybe someone's like a 50 year old. Okay. No, totally, reader, totally, and they don't totally. Know um, the FOH pod at gmail.com. You can just write them in there if you prefer, but, um, anything you write, we will read on the air unless otherwise noted. So make sure you remove all identifying information that you want. Yes, that is true. And we'll miss you next week, but subscribe to our Patreon and there's newsletters. There's additional stuff. There's a video of us. Yeah. There's so uh-huh. much of us. You could barely stand it. Yeah. That's it. Thanks for listening, everyone. Review, rate, and subscribe if you feel like it. Sure. Okay. Bye. Love ya. <laughs>